from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We are going to talk, bring in right away Senator Ron Johnson, recently reelected to his seat in Wisconsin. Senator Johnson, welcome, sir. Thank you for your time on a Saturday Good morning. Good morning, Larry. Yeah. Good morning, Larry. Uh, Merry Christmas to you and your audience. Indeed. Merry Christmas to you, sir, and my longtime friend. So, of course, we're talking about this omnibus bill fiasco. We're talking about the size of the bill. We're talking about um, why it is that the Senate leadership is trying to betray the House leadership. We have a new House Republican leadership. Why not give them a shot? A CR is a... much better idea than an omnibus bill that would cover the entire year. And in general, we're just talking about the process. Rand Paul was on the show. You were on the show this week talking about this. Rand Paul was on the show. There are budget caps. You just need 41 Republicans to vote for him. Anyway, none of this is happening, Senator Johnson. What is going on here? Well, Larry, in uh, the day after my reelection, I wrote a column that ran the Wall Street Journal where I talked about the fact that we need to restore function and fiscal responsibility to the federal government, to Washington, D.C. And this is exactly what I was talking about. I've been there for 12 years. The way it should work is every one of those years, we should have passed a budget that uh, hopefully was as close to balance as possible. And then that budget would drive an appropriation process where you'd bring up 12 separate appropriation bills. Again, they're all massive because the federal government's massive. Uh, but at least you do it 12 separate times, uh, bring it on the floor, open it up for amendments, which is how you debate things in in Congress, and uh, pass each one individually before the end of the fiscal year. I've been there now 12 years. That means we should have brought up 144 appropriation bills over those 12 years. I, I think we brought up six. Mm. So mm. You, you start understanding the profound level of dysfunction, uh, but it's it really is on a bipartisan basis. Um, this puts all the power, but doing it the way we're doing it, never bring up an appropriation bill, you know, coming up to the end of the fiscal year, passing a con- continuing resolution because we can't shut down government. So that's always what's hanging over certainly Republicans' heads. Let's face it, Democrats will never get blamed for shutting down the government. It will always be put, you know, the press will always blame the Republicans. And that drives an awful lot of the psychology within the conference. So when we're in the minority, like now, so, well, I mean, if, 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 if we if we don't if we don't agree to give closure on these bills, if we if we don't agree to this, we're going to be accused of shutting down government. When when we're in the majority, the mantra is, well, you know, we're, we're elected, we have to govern, we have to govern, and and this is this is how we have to concede all the spending to get ten Democrats to join us. So it's 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 the same psychology every time we're in the minority or in the majority, and so the process is completely broken. Uh, it, it is driven, quite honestly, by a public that likes government spending. I mean, let, let's be honest. The public likes the amount of money coming from the federal government and also driven by the fact, Larry, that we never talk about the numbers. You know, what, one thing that's been uh, interesting, I'll, I'll use that word, interesting over the last couple of weeks uh, as, as we've been starting this debate is when reporters come up to me, I did this with my colleagues, too. I just asked them, anybody know how much we spent last year, total of federal government? And I just get a blank stare. This is from members of Congress as well as reporters. 
And then so I go on and say, don't feel guilty. It's not your fault because we never talk about it. Larry, as Congress, we are the board of directors Mm. of the largest financial entity in the world. Mm. And we never talk the total budget. We'll we'll talk about little, you know, we'll we'll talk about the China, $250 billion. But let me give your listeners the number. Last year, we spent $6.3 trillion. You know what we were spending in 2019 before the pandemic? $4.4 trillion. In other words, we increased the baseline there by about $1.9 trillion in just three years. Now, we're arguing over an omnibus, which is just less than 30% of the budget, you know, discretionary spending. I don't know what the total amount is going to be other than the last report from Treasury said that this year we'll spend about $6 trillion, 36% more than we spent in 2019. Now, I know I'm throwing a lot of numbers out there, but it's important to understand these things because we never talk about this. We never talk about how massively we're increasing spending, how completely out of control this is. Um, people need to understand that, and they simply don't. So, again, we get in these budget fights. We, we fight over this for a week or so, and it gets passed, and we just move on, and we continue the mortgage of our, of our kids' future. But, you know, I, I agree with Rand. I mean, we, we are part of that small rump group that is resisting this, that is trying to push back. Um, but, unfortunately, we, we probably will have 10 of our Republican members that will join in all 50 Democrats to pass this omnibus. And they all think they're they're being righteous. They all they all think, well, you know, you know, no matter what Kevin McCarthy, McCarthy says, he really doesn't mean it. He really does want us to pass this so he can move on and start governing uh, in in 2023. It's it's always it's, it's the wimpy. No, you know, he doesn't. Oh, no, he I doesn't. Will gladly pay you, Kevin McCarthy, for hamburger today. Kevin McCarthy does not want this uh, omnibus passed. He wants to start carving up the budget immediately. I mean, I've talked to him. I interviewed him. This past I week, I interviewed Kevin, I interviewed you, I interviewed Rand Paul. You're all saying the same thing. What's so infuriating to me, as look, I, you know I've worked down there. I spent two times in the White House. I, one time I was OMB deputy, so I know a little bit about these numbers. Um, there is no explanation. F- listen, 41 Republican votes would enforce the PAYGO caps and launch uh, automatic spending cuts of about $150 billion. Now, I know you know this, Senator Johnson. I'm just reviewing this for our listeners. You know, or you'd have some negotiation, which we're not having. There is no negotiation. But the Republican leadership, need I name names, is playing ball with the Democratic leadership to deprive the taxpayers of even a small amount of restraint. Or depriving the voters of letting their new choice to run the House run the House. They're stopping that. I don't understand it. I don't understand the economics, which you have outlined, and I sure don't understand the politics. What is going on here? I'm reading the Wall Street Journal editorial today. They're blasting this process. You know, I listened to Rand Paul last night or two nights ago. The omnibus will be 3,000 pages. We'll get two hours before they want us to pass it. No one will read it. Now, you've been through this a lot over 12 years. Here we go again. It's like, huh? Really? Republicans campaign on spending restraint and fighting inflation and taxpayer protection, and then this stuff goes on? Wow. I don't get it. 
of course, this is the reason why a small group must challenge leadership this yeah. time. Yep. Um, but, but again, this is not my rationale, but um, I'll give you the rationale that we hear inside the conference. First of all, I've, I've heard this statement that, uh, you know, show me a member of Congress that ever lost re-election because they spent too much money. That's probably a pretty good, pretty true statement. I don't agree with it, but that's part of the rationale. Uh, that, then, again, you'll, you'll also you'll always get, well, we'll get blamed for shutting down the government. Again, as I was saying earlier, whether we're in the majority or the minority, we'll get blamed. You know, Larry, that's largely true as well. And so, so that is what is driving this process. And right now, internally, uh, no matter what public statements, no matter what Kevin McCarthy has told people who have talked to him directly, like you, saying that he does not want this omnibus, inside the Republican conference, there's probably about 10 Republican senators that say he doesn't really believe that. Uh, we know better than Kevin McCarthy. We're going to ignore what he's saying publicly. We're going to do him a favor, and we're going to take this spending, spending fight off of his plate so that he can start as the new speaker uh, with a clean slate, and, and then and then we'll really get uh, fiscal discipline. You know, then we're really going to govern the way we promised our voters. But just this one last time here, we're going to have the spending blowout. You know, the, the other thing, the other rationale is, you know, this is a huge victory for us because we finally broke that parity between uh, military spending when Republicans want to strengthen the national defense. We always have to have dollar for dollar at least of domestic spending. And so, so they're, they're really taking credit for the fact that they've broken that parity. The, the, the problem with that is Democrats have been pigs at the trough for the last two years. Mm. They've passed trillions of dollars of additional domestic spending. They're satiated. Mm. So they're willing to give uh, Republicans the, the crumbs of a little, little extra military spending without demanding dollar for dollar. And, and like, this is some great victory. So, I'm, again, I'm just giving, I don't agree with this rationale. But that's the rationale that's going on inside the conference. That's what's going on inside the heads of Republican senators. They will probably vote for this next week so we can just move on. And, again, going back to uh, the rationale, sh show me a member of Congress that ever lost because they spent too much money. Well, I think they are examples. I don't – I mean, look, the public in, – <clears throat> inflation was public enemy number one in this election. The question that has to be asked – is with respect to Republicans running against an incumbent Democrat, for example, uh, d does that Republican have credibility? See, these things, I, you and I have talked about this continuously during the election year that's just passed. The, all Republicans voted against the March 21 spending bill. Okay, so that was good. But then came the infrastructure bill, and then Republicans were against uh, Build Back Better, but then came all, right, all Republicans voted against the inflation reduction bill. But as I said, they voted for the infrastructure bill, they voted for the chips bill, and they voted for a lot of smaller bills. In other words, the GOP hands are not clean here. Uh, I remember Kim Strassel, the Wall Street Journal, wrote a column about this. I said this repeatedly on my TV show and here on radio, and I'm saying it again. It's just like nobody – people went with the incumbent because at least it's the devil you know. But here's another point, Senator Johnson. Um, you can have a battle over a government shutdown, which I think is – these aren't government shutdowns. Nothing gets shut down. Nothing of, of essence gets shut down, not Social Security, not Medicare. But what do you get for it? You might get – Reagan shut down the government repeatedly and won big battles with Tip O'Neill over defense spending. 
We had government shutdowns during the Trump years, and we won concessions. I mean, it depends. A shutdown, uh, which doesn't hurt anybody, really, um, you, what a, you might get something great for it. Hell, you might even get a vote. On, you might even get a vote on pay. Senator Johnson, stick with me. I got to take a break. Producers are yelling at me. Uh, I'm too overheated anyway. Uh, please give us another segment, would you please? I want to talk some more about these numbers as well as the government shutdown argument. Folks, we are talking to Senator Ron Johnson, a genuine conservative, a genuine fiscal conservative, a genuine free market conservative who, uh, despite the critics, has won his third term as a U.S. senator from the state of Wisconsin. I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be right back with Mr. Johnson. Please stick around. Larry Kudlow. From Wall Street to the White House, this is The Larry Kudlow Show. Uh, Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking with Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, and we're talking about this travesty of the omnibus spending bill. Senator Johnson, you were talking numbers before. We have a pretty sophisticated audience here, I think, um, about $6.3 trillion in 22, up almost $2 trillion from the uh, pre-COVID year 2019. Now, uh, I've called around not only senators who are friends of mine, but also uh, senior Senate staff, some of whom work for me. Nobody knows what the top line uh, number is going to be on spending. They're saying it could be $1.7 trillion. But they're also saying it could be a couple of hundred billion dollars above that. And there's also a battle about about um, child kitty tax credits, child tax credits, which would be more refundable credits like government mailing out government checks with no work requirements. In other words, where do you think these numbers are going to come out? Because I see this. They're building in covid stuff into the permanent baseline and they're going to add on to that as well. So nobody really does know. Now, part of our problem here, Larry, and I knew this would happen when we switched denominations from billions, you know, hundreds of billions, which <laughs> sounded like a lot, billions, I knew we were going to be in big trouble, and we are, because now the China bill, that was just a quarter of a trillion dollars. Mm. You know, we're talking about 1.7 versus 1.9 trillion. It's just since that, no, it's another $200 billion. Mm. And of course, another one of the rationales, by the way, on part of the big spenders is we're, we're only dealing with uh, less than 30% of the budget here. You know, you got 73%. Uh, of the 2022 budget was mandatory spending. So we can't touch that. But but here's something I pointed out with my chart that I presented to everybody this week. And, and this surprised me. I do not have an answer for this. Of the roughly $6.4 trillion in additional spending over three years, over the $4.4 trillion baseline. And you got to follow me. Mm-hmm. So we spent another $6.4 trillion over what we would spend if we just kept spending $4.4 trillion. I would have expected most of that as COVID relief as being discretionary, right? Kind of one-time spending for a crisis and then go away. Only a trillion went into discretionary. 5.4 went into mandatory. I do not have an answer on what happened there. How much of that is going to go away? Or did we, did we literally, in passing all that COVID relief, did we lock some of that in as permanent mandatory spending. Mm-hmm. I think some will probably drop away. I fear a lot will just continue. But again, that's another that's another one of those rationales is uh, it's, you know, it's mandatory is off the table. We're not even talking about that. That's that's our big problem. That's what's driving you know the, the mortgage of our ch- children's future. But let me also tell you a story about my campaign. If you remember, 
with the burn pit legislation, a big chunk of that, uh, one of the con- uh, contentious points was Democrats took $400 billion of VA benefit spending out of discretionary, put it into mandatory. We, we are, were opposed to that because we knew that would just open up a hole for more, more spending. Well, one of the comments I made prior to the, my reelection was, you know, we, sh- we should end this distinction. All spending should be on budget, so we're forced to look at all of it. Now, that, so how that was taken, though, is, oh, Senator Johnson wants to put Social Security on the chopping block. He wants to end it. He wants to cut Social Security. No, I want to try and save it. But this is what's happening by having 73% of the budget mandatory off the table. Nobody even looks at it. That is, that is what's driving it. But it's also allowing for blowout spending on the discretionary side, going from about $1.3 trillion to maybe as high as $1.9 just four years later. This is out of control. It's so grossly dysfunctional. drives me nuts. But that's our problem. We don't know. <clears throat> We don't know what the top line number is going to be in the Senate. No. We don't know that. I mean, to me, that's incredible. Uh, 1.7, 1.9. There's a lot of things we don't know. We don't know about the uh, child tax credits. We don't know about um, the depreciation schedule for R&D uh, tax credits, which actually would boost investment do something for economic growth. They never, Senator Johnson, we don't, what's happening with the so-called mansion permitting? Not that it was such a great bill, but, you know, we don't, that, whatever happened to that, remember? He, he voted for the Inflation Reduction Act, fraudulently called, because Chuck Schumer was going to give him uh, permitting? What happened to the, I mean, we should have H.R. 1, which McCarthy loves. I've talked to him three or four times about it. Open the spigots for oil and gas production, which is principally permanent. Whatever happened to Manchin's permitting bill? Well, Manchin got hosed by his own side. But, you know, what we really don't know, Larry, <laughs> right. is we don't know the number for over 70 percent of our budget, the mandatory. Oh. We don't know that. We, we, we have no clue. And again, understand, we're almost three months into this fiscal year. I mean, one of the things that Rick Scott and I talk about coming from the business world, if, if you change this chart of mine where, where we're talking about, you know, Six trillion dollars just turn it into millions, and you're you're taking a look at that as, as like a division of a business. I mean, you, you'd be crawling all over a business manager. What, what do you mean you want another one point six million dollars? I mean, justify that to me. Mm. But we're, we're, again, we don't even know the, the overall macro numbers, must much less justify it to the American public. So, again, I, I'm going to be relentless at talking numbers, mm. uh, getting to the bottom of this stuff, figuring out okay wh- where. Why did mandatory spending increase by $5.4 trillion cumulatively over three years? What is pulling off here? And hopefully the public will start paying attention. Hopefully we can stop this omnibus. Hopefully we can put pressure on you know, enough Republican senators so that we don't have the 10 to join with 50 Democrats. That's been happening time and time again, uh, disputing certainly our supporters. It's not helpful. And I would point out to my Republican colleagues, uh, spending our way into the majority has not worked the last two elections. No, you bet. Um, you're going to have a meeting, I would guess. Does the Republican Policy Committee still have its lunch meeting on Tuesday? You're going to have it this coming Tuesday? And is that going to oh. be where this swing out occurs? I mean, is people going to talk about give me 41 votes to impose the uh, caps or give me, you know, a majority in the conference? 
to um, just have a short-term CR instead of betraying the House? Is this stuff going to come up Tuesday at the lunch? I, I hope so, but it's been coming up last week. I mean, I, I led an effort to have call a conference meeting. Uh, first of all, talk about overall, you know, what, what is our conference about? Mission, statement, principles, that type of thing. But I, that's where I, char- I produced this chart that I've been handing out to the press, you know, showing exactly you know, what the numbers are. Again, I think a lot of my colleagues were shocked. They didn't know this either. Can you get... Again, none of us know this. Can Alexa or somebody send me that, email me that? I have not seen that chart. I'll I'll send it to you as soon as we're off the show. I'm a numbers guy, so I'll I'll figure it out. But I'm just... Okay, so what happened last Tuesday at the luncheon? Did anybody bring this stuff up? I presume they did. No, no, we've been hammering on it. But again, I, I think the smugness... Of leadership, yeah. Is to pay no attention to what, what McCarthy's really saying. What he really believes is, you know, Senate, bail me out here, pass this omnibus so I can, I can, you know, get religion in the new Congress. That is not then, what he believes. We'll get- that is not what he believes, and I have it on tape. I mean, oh, I several times. That is not what he believes. That is not what Scalise believes. That's not what any of them believe. How can they put words in their mouth like that? You know, you, so uh, I had Marsha Blackburn on last night. She was the same way as you are, same way as Rand Paul. Cruz is the same. I mean, there's about uh, 20 of you that are doing the Lord's work, but the leadership is blocking good policy and good politics. I mean, if the voters elect a Republican House, Senator Johnson, they ought to let the Republican House do their business. And by the way, I think it's good politics. I don't, I don't think the public really wants inflationary spending. I just don't believe that. I don't believe it. Well, you know, and, and Republicans, let's face it, uh, there's been a lot of uh, lot of spending under Republicans. Yes, there uh, That certainly has not helped inflation. And they, they agreed to this. Uh, they're going to get more and more uh, blame for the inflation is just crushing people. I mean, yeah. it's just crushing people. A dollar you held to start the Biden administration is worth less than 88 cents. Mm. That is crushing seniors and quite honestly, crushing defense spending. Mm-hmm. So they're crowing about $858 billion in defense spending. It's only worth $750 billion at the start of the Biden administration. It's killing us. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you, sir. Thank you for your analysis. Thank you for your honesty. Thanks for getting reelected. We will talk very, very soon. Folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk to John Carney of Breitbart about the Fed. We'll get into this spending issue, too, and a few other things. Please stick around. Lots more to do.